science is not in, in principle committed to the idea that there's no afterlife or that the, the mind is identical to the brain right. or that materialism is true. Science is completely open to whatever in fact is true. And if it's true that the consciousness is being run like software on the brain and can, by virtue of ectoplasm or something else we don't understand can be dissociated from the brain at death, that would be part of our growing scientific understanding of the world if we could discover it. Now, uh, and there's, there are ways we could in fact discover that if it were true. The problem is there are very good reasons to think it's not true. And we know this from now 150 years of neurology where you damage areas of the brain and faculties are lost. And they're clearly, it's not that everyone with brain damage is perf has their soul perfectly intact. They just can't get the words out. This is the, you, everything about your mind can be damaged by damaging the brain. You can cease to recognize faces. You can cease to know the names of animals, but you still know the names of tools. I mean, the, 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 the fragmentation in, in, in the way in which our, our mind is parcelated at the level of the brain is not at all intuitive, and, had, and there's a lot known about it. And what we're being asked to consider is that you damage one part of the brain and the mind something about the mind and, and, and subjectivity is lost. You damage another and, and, and yet more is lost. And yet if you damage the whole thing at death, we can rise off the brain with all our faculties intact, recognizing grandma and speaking English. Now, I'm gonna share with you now one of the most important discoveries maybe the most important discovery of modern psychology. You see the iceberg on the left. Let's imagine that it represents the complete set of cognitive processes that are causally responsible for what we think, how we reason, how we form beliefs, and how we make decisions. Out of all this complex cognitive activity emerges our beliefs, judgments, decisions, and behavior. Notice that most of the iceberg is submerged below the waterline. In this picture, the waterline represents the distinction between conscious and unconscious cognitive processes. So what this image represents is that most of the cognitive processes that are causally responsible for what we think and how we behave are operating unconsciously. We don't have conscious access to them. We can't consciously observe them. They're operating below the surface, behind the scenes. In a way, this isn't news in the sense that we've known about the importance of the unconscious since Freud. But what we're talking about here isn't connected to Freud's theory in any way. It's really a product of the modern cognitive revolution in psychology, which views brain functioning as a type of information processing activity. But it does have this very counterintuitive conclusion that to a large extent, we're strangers to our own minds. Now, cognitive biases, like any other complex cognitive process, operate unconsciously as well. I'm not saying that all of our thinking is unconscious. That's clearly not true. What I'm saying is that the kinds of processes that result in biased judgments, like the ones we saw with the gambler's fallacy, typically have roots in cognitive processes that we have no conscious access to or control over. We might be able to consciously override a quick intuitive judgment when we're prepared for it. This is one way that training in cognitive biases can be helpful, but we have very little control over these quick intuitive judgments. These intuitions just happen to us. They bubble up from below the waterline, so to speak. So a consequence of this view is that we can't detect bias simply by inspecting or introspecting our conscious beliefs and reasoning. 
This is important to understand if we want to get into the right headspace to talk about debiasing strategies, which we'll be getting to later in this course. One of the biases that we're all prone to is a bias against viewing our own judgments as biased. I'm serious. This is a well-studied cognitive bias. It's known as bias bias or bias blind spot. One of the reasons for this bias is that we have a strong intuition that we know our own minds, that we're experts on the causes of our own beliefs and decisions. So if we can't detect the presence of bias in our own thinking, we conclude that it's not there. But this is a delusion. The truth is that for the most part, we don't know our own minds. And we need to accept this if we're going to be truly open to the debiasing strategies that will. The truth is inside of us. And it's wonderful when we have the courage to tell it. What if I were very, very sad and all I did was smile? I wonder after a while what might become of my sadness. What if I were very, very angry and all I did was sit? and never think about it, what might become of my anger? Where would they go and what would they do if I couldn't let them out? Maybe I'd fall, maybe get sick or doubt. But what if I could know the truth and say just how I feel? I think I'd learn a lot that's real about freedom. I'm learning to sing a sad song when I'm sad. I'm learning to say I'm angry when I'm very mad. I'm learning to shout, I'm getting it out, I'm happy. Learning exactly how I feel inside of me. I'm learning to know the truth. I'm learning to tell the truth. Discovering truth will make me free. Are you discovering the truth about you? Well, I'm still discovering the truth about me. That's what we do as we keep on growing in life. We are the Genuine Imitation Old News Show Recorded Live, sight unseen with all the seriously funny standard deviations from the loyal opposition inside out. Integrity Radio. Okay, the story without a punchline actually does have a punchline and the punchline is within the detail. Let me tell the, the story as I've heard it. A woman is at an airline has just uh, bought herself a, a bag of potato chips and she grabs the chips and sits down in the lobby and waits for her flight. And as, uh, as she's getting herself prepared and whatnot, she grabs her chips, has a chip and you know, starts sort of looking at a magazine and uh, notices that a guy next to her also is took a chip out of her bag and uh, well she's 
rather uh, surprised by that, but um, she kind of kept reading her magazine and took a chip out of the bag looking at him, kind of a little perturbed, but nonetheless, not, no big deal. And uh, so then it, it, he act, she's looking out the corner of her eye. She sees him just blatantly grab a chip out of the bag, eats it. She's hardly able to read her magazine anymore. She kind of looks at this guy. He's kind of just shaking her head. Like, <laughs> you know, like my God, what, what's up with this guy? So she grabs uh, another chip, even another chip, and for that matter, and, and uh, eats and <sighs> tries to get back to her magazine. She's turning to the magazine. Looks again. Yep, sure enough, he, he takes another chip out of the bag. She's like, oh my God. She's about to lose it, all right? So, she gets another chip, eats it. And of course, he grabs another, he grabs the whole bag, looks at it. There's only one chip left in there. He hands her the bag as if to gesture here, you have the last chip. She swipes the bag from him, <laughs> takes the last chip. Oh, and all of a sudden her, her flight arrives. It's time for her to get her stuff. And as she gets up, she realizes that she has a bag of potato chips. See, there is a punchline and you have to pay attention to the details. Integrity Radio. So I realized I might have glossed over too quickly. The moral of the story, or the punchline of the story, is that he offered her the last potato chip, even though it was his. That's an important part of the story. You can't miss that out. Now, I'm not quite sure if uh, this is... Douglas Adams' story, or if the version I heard was a Douglas Adams story revised. Hmm, I don't know. Ronnie's a big Douglas Adams fan, but she doesn't know either. <laughs> so that's cool. I'm glad uh, the great everything told that story and pointed to its source. I always wondered about that. All right, Integrity Radio. Time after time I tell myself that I'm so lucky to be loving you So lucky to be The one you run to see In the evening When the day is through I only know The passing years will show you've 
kept my love so young, so new. And time after time, you'll hear me say that I'm so lucky to be loving you. Save the date, Psycon is returning to Las Vegas for 2017. Today, you turned on your computer or your phone and Facebook told you that vaccines are an evil government plot. Twitter told you the sun is revolving around a flat earth. And the House Science Committee told you that climate change is nothing to worry about. Meanwhile, up is down, true is false, Oceania has always been at war with East Asia, and dogs and cats may in fact be living together. Enough already. It's time once again for the forces of reason and science to come together. Time for critical thinkers to connect, learn from each other, and sharpen their skills. Time for the leading lights of skepticism to share their wisdom and rally the troops. It's time for PsyCon 2017, back in Las Vegas. October the 26th to the 29th, join luminaries such as James the Amazing Randy, Richard Dawkins, Eugenie Scott, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, Susan Gerbeck, Harriet Hall, Richard Wiseman, Carrie Poppy, Joe Nickel, and many, many more. The master of ceremonies is none other than George Harab. For the biggest skeptics event of the year, returning triumphantly to the Excalibur Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, the city of illusions, PsyCon 2017 will be packed with fascinating talks and presentations, dazzling entertainment and fun social events with fellow skeptics. This October, get away from fake news and conspiracy theories filling up your news feeds at PsyCon. 2017, your alternative to alternative facts. For more information, visit www.csiconference.org.
listening to Integrity Radio. Learn self-correction at www.sifuzi.com. Listen to original music at soundcloud.com slash music for dogs. You can also follow Sifu underscore Z on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Sifu underscore Z. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more here on Integrity Radio. I think it's important not to homogenize the message of originality, of unique perspective. The devil's in the detail. We really have to find, really dig deep to find those little differences, that 1%. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we all pretty much are the same. As a friend of mine, Mitch Hale, once said, the difference between us, well, let's say the difference between a believer and a non-believer is about one hour a week. And I would argue that you could say that about the common man. That the difference between one common man to the next is probably about one hour a week. So, you know, we're not all that different, you and I. But that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to rally all of our commonalities. What I'm trying to do is to discover and to find, to uncover even within myself, just that 1% of originality, of original thought, of communicated perspective. And you might notice that I'm doing it with a much nicer sounding microphone. Perhaps, I don't know. Um, I'm trying an, an iPhone mic app. Never actually tried these before, so I'm trying it. I think this one's called Mic Swap. No, Mic Swap. M I C with an infinite eight and then WAP. So I think that's Mic Swap. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you tell me how it sounds. I'll uh, post this. This will then get posted, um, sent from my phone by way of email to my computer and then from the computer onto Anchor. So it's the harder way of doing things, but it is an experiment of sorts. Now, as I'm using this app, there is a, uh, a time meter and there's also a, a um, VU meter, which uh, allows me to see if I'm peaking the volume levels or not. I'll do that right now. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that was just touching zero a little bit. Okay. Now I have, according to the mic swap app, two minutes and 57, 58, 59. Oh, I've talked for three minutes. There we go. It's not a countdown. It's letting you know how much you've been blabbing. All right. So the mic swap app was free and of course they have a paid version and you can get more different styles of microphones. Um, what's nice is that you can record and then um, export that recording uh, in various ways. 
I'm also able to pause and play, or pause and record uh, while I'm recording. I'm able to pause while I'm recording. This app also has a booster, so if you actually needed to boost your signal, uh, you can do that as well. In fact, it has a manual gain, and then it has a uh, probably a mic attenuator. I believe that's what they call them um, to really give it a uh, a boost. So I guess this is just the old uh, topic of should we give Little Billy a trophy for trying, or should uh, we make Little Billy work hard in order to get the trophy? I'm all over the place here. Is anybody even following me on this? If you're not, that's okay. This is mostly a mic test. Let's see if uh, this new app, Mic Swap, is working super swell or not. All right. I think that's enough of this testing. Integrity Radio.